this week on Incensed. The hardcore pogo player is back in the studio. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Han Solo flex it good. And Coops is currently on the Millennium Falcon petting his snake. Welcome back <laughs> to the podcast. You can Do tell you what listen- you've just said. Yes. Do you realize I was listening to last week's show? Yes. <laughs> it's good to be back after a little bit of a hiatus. Ian and Mark, how are you both doing today? I recognize the voice, but who is that? I had a bit of a tan. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, Ian. It's like, um, yeah. it's like the lurkers joined the video stream and he's like recording with us. It's a bit weird, isn't it? You know? Yeah, welcome back, matey. I missed you, boys. I missed you, boys. We didn't miss two, you. Two weeks. Now, I did hear that on the last two shows, how abruptly you moved on from my absence, but then kept calling it back. Actually, there was Coops that kept calling it back, not me. We didn't, did we, Ian? Talking of the casual, you may be aware that, yeah, he's not actually on this week's show either, so... A bit like that section in 2022 where we couldn't get four of us together for about four weeks. You've got another trio show. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he'll be back next week. I think he said he's on holiday. I think he's on vacation somewhere. Greece comes to mind, but I might just be making that up. This might be a bit late considering the episode drops on Sunday, but Coops, if you happen to listen to this in time, please pick up the regional <laughs> that's out yes, there. Yes, Sigalith is available in Greece. It's available there in Cyprus. That's it. It's also available in Egypt as well. Oh, it's, yes, Egypt. So three places, but okay. We did message him on our Twitter chat. If he fails to read our message then uh, we can give him grief on his show next week. Absolutely. I might be wrong, but hasn't he been to Greece already this year? And did he not get any that time he went? It's certainly a second abroad. Certainly a second abroad. We'll have to see. Maybe he proved us wrong, but uh, yeah. He was was definitely doing that thing, the terminology that you picked up a couple of weeks ago for skiing or falling over while skiing. I can't remember. Oh, he was in France, wasn't he? That long weekend. He did the long weekend, didn't he? Yes, he was. was. Oh, what was the word? He was. um... what it was called bailing bailing, bailing. that was it bailing. yes yes so maybe he's doing it on the grease sand i don't know <laughs> just skiing down one of those mountains yes <laughs> of grass he won't be going between flopped christmas trees this time with the snow on them call back uh, to the christmas show we're all over the callbacks this week but i think we should jump into the actual main part of the show so listeners obviously if you're not aware you should be if you're a regular listener pop your incense as champions let's go And of course, we would love to know if you pick up something while listening to the show or even listening back to some of the previous shows. Let us know via our social medias. The at handles are at Incensed Podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, Campfire. Don't forget, Ian. Also, our WhatsApp. You'll hear the number probably read out at some point in the show, and it's also in the description. And if you really want to, you can do it by email as well. Yes, IncensedPodcast at Yahoo.com if you are from 2004. (laughs) And the hashtag I will spell out for you now. Please utilize hashtag shinies of the week, which is obviously S-H-I-N-I-E-S-O-F-T-H-E-W-E-E-K. There was no missed letters there. No, you got it all. No, it's okay. I'm not a casual at this. Well, boys, I've got a question to ask you. And now, children, it's time for getting to know you with the Incensed Podcast. I did listen back to the two shows I was absent from while in the Spain, Spanish sunshine, shall I say. (laughs) In the Spain. In the Spain. (laughs) And I loved Mark's question last week about favourite zoo animals that then quickly divorced into favourite animals that Coop's got quite salty over. So we're turning that question sort of on its head by asking what animal freaks you out the most or what animal you most scared of. 
shall we say. Could it be anything? Anything. If you've got the Latin name for it, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to jump straight in because Coop's got absolutely battered for this on the zoo animal question. It's not a, well, an animal. Well, snakes aren't animals. <laughs> yeah, snakes aren't animals, yeah. I did hear that snakes are not animals. <laughs> yeah. They're reptiles. Which technically uh, it is an all animal. animals. Yeah. This is an animal. Yeah, it's an animal. <laughs> it's not a horcrux. <laughs> Anything that helps make Coops look a little bit stupid, we encourage the comments, so keep them coming. Save them. Work with us. Here. Yeah. So, um, Smooch and that's the last time we'll mention his name. <laughs> I love this question, Milo, because oh, I love thank watching you, random is it, things. Is it your favourite question, TV. Mark? It's my no, favourite question this week. <laughs> it's my favourite question this week. Nice. When you start watching something, a topic, it's funny how many of these similar videos get put into your feed. It's off the back of that that actually I discovered an animal. It's an animal. And this isn't something that scares me in the sense if I found one, it would scare me. But it scares me just by how brutal it can be. And A Wookiee? A Wookiee, yeah. <laughs> right. If you haven't seen this, the Google it. Be careful what you Google because YouTube doesn't filter the videos. They're quite brutal. But I discovered a thing about Pac-Man frogs. And these are big frogs. Another reason they're called Pac-Man is they can eat pretty much anything. Although they're giant frogs, yeah. scares me what these things can eat. They just don't care. Can a Pac-Man frog eat a snake? (laughs) Very unlikely. Google it. If you ever haven't seen one of these things, they can eat pretty much anything. We're talking like mice, rats, and I have these horrific nightmares of like being asleep at night and I've got one of these like on my foot. <laughs> because a slipper. <laughs> if you're a costume in the uh, Pokemon Go shop, you can have Pac-Man slippers. <laughs> Pac-Man frog slippers. So the, the Pac-Man frog is actually the South American horned frog, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I've got images of it now. Their large mouth. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> It's the thing of nightmares. If you're inquisitive and you want to know more, go on YouTube and look for Pac-Man frogs because I'm sure it won't take you long to find why I'm petrified by them. It's got a bit of a a sort of blank, sinister expression on the image that I found. It does look like, yeah, that would eat anything. The one I'm looking at looks a little bit like Coop's one we're on a recording. What, blank? (laughs) Just just the the two little beady eyes staring at you, then that exits. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There he is. That's Coop's when you ask him to review an event that he hasn't played. (laughs) Like we have done for the last two weeks. Exactly. It's just sort of like slightly angry. (laughs) Slightly angry and uh, disingenuous. I like that. So Argentinian horned frog. Yeah, South American horned frog, yes. Nice. Waterfall, Vasafal. Really lovely explanation there from Mark about this animal, but mine is simple, and it doesn't need any explanation. I don't need to talk Great for well minutes up on end. <laughs> Sorry, Shan. Snakes. <laughs> See, you're picking they that, so it means the, the living hell out week. of me. They literally scare the living hell out of me. They are freaky, I agree. And I know they're not animals, but for the purpose of the poll, yes. they're animals today. They are animals. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just for one night, they're, they're animals. animals. Right, so so we've got one specific frog. We've got snakes in general. I'm going to go with the specific insect. An insect? That's not an animal. Shut up, Ian. It's a, it, animals is everything. <laughs> yes, anything that's alive, Ian. But I've, I came to know of this fly through a Top Gear special and then have seen... Oh, you're not. You, you, know, you know which one I'm picking. What was it? I think that episode was 2009. You it was go a long on, time go, ago. It's, it's like Mark said, you go on YouTube to see what this animal's like and you see what it does and it's a bit like, oh Christ, 
I'm never going to South America. Uh, so <laughs> the bot fly freaks me out for a very <laughs> good reason. It treats its larvae as like a parasite. They burrow into your flesh and incubate oh. there before hatching. And that whole concept for me gives me the ick straight away. They capture and sting smaller insects lay their eggs on this other insect that then bites you, and then the botfly larvae pupae inside your skin, eat your flesh, and then hatch. That's freaky. Ah. You need to see... It's not a cutie fly. That's for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) Botfly larvae are horrible. That whole chain of life cycle freaks me out so badly. It's a circle of life, mate. Do you want to sing that? (laughs) (laughs) Mark has just witnessed it. Yeah. But imagine that that pupates in your skin. I just remember the quote on Top Gear where it said, like, the BBC reported the case of a man or a sound recordist who was kept awake at night by the sound of the botfly larva eating the flesh inside his head. (laughs) (laughs) you do that? (laughs) (laughs) We've got a good selection there for damn sure. Oh, that's mental. I can be fairly confident that snakes will win this one. So, Ian... Three weeks in a row, if it is. And I like that if snakes wins, it irritates Coops. <laughs> Since he didn't win last week. <laughs> Quite a common one, actually. Kerry's making a good point. I, could do, I can do snakes, but not spiders. I bet some people will comment on the poll and say, why are spiders not on this list? I'm not scared spiders of spiders, spiders so that's why it's not on the list. Do, I suppose. Yeah, this is our choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> last week, when we spoke about this, we said that nature doesn't have time to feel sorry for itself and basically is the chain of life, the circle of life. One of the things I find most fascinating is is basically about this wasp. I think it's like a wasp or it's like a parasite that can basically um, take over a flying insect, a dragonfly or something, and that literally it controls its mind to fall into water or something. And then it comes out of the dragonfly's body and almost like repopulates itself in the water. And you hear about things like these wasps. Oh, yeah, basically... there's those zombie fungus that's stuff. It. Zombie fungus. The fungus, that's the spores. They control insects. I've seen it when they do, they control ants and they make them, like they control their brain and they go yeah. up a tree and then bite onto a branch and then so the fungus can repopulate itself, reproduce out of Boys. And, yes. Shall we change the name of this show to The Insect Podcast? <laughs> There's a sound effect you should play. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's all right. Mark can type that one up and we'll see what our listeners, or at least the people on Twitter, think of our choices and who's going to win tonight. Moving on. Ian, over to you to talk about a certain axe-handled bug. Bug, insect. <laughs> That's yeah, there's, there's a theme tonight. It's almost like you put some yes. thought into this show. Um, I yes. really did not. We're not used to this, are we? <laughs> this past Saturday, the 6th of May, was Cleavor Raid Day. New release Pokemon into the game, the Hisuian Pokemon Evolution of Scyther. We had a three-hour raid window where the shiny was available at release. Woo. And I think it's fair to say that all three of us had differing experiences of the day. Which would make for a very interesting conversation. Yeah, so let's just start by having a brief talk. Now, Niantic did up the remote raid limit from 5 to 10, so we now know that the live event limit for one of these events is potentially going to be 10 as a moving forward. Mm. Maybe they'll go higher, but it's unlikely. (laughs) How did you boys get on? Well, I'll jump in straight away with that and say it was definitely the most troubled raid day I'd ever done. Personal RNG on the shinies. And also, I don't know about you guys, 
it looked much better weather-wise where you were, Ian, for sure. Uh, for the first two hours, it definitely was. The last hour was throwing it down. Okay, the weather did make its way your direction eventually, but it was an atrocious day in London for the entire duration of the three-hour raid day. Mm. And I think we've talked about this before, much like on other special events. When other people around you are getting shinies and it's like oh, oh yeah you got to feel Multiple how i generally shinies. feel yes yes i had mo- a f- not first shall i say but you a had the waterfall experience, experience. <laughs> i have had some of these before but this was a pain and i genuinely it's interesting you talk about the remote raid limit with that i wouldn't really be stressing too much because i knew i'd be able to go and raid endlessly in america and it's there was that knowledge well, you were of, capped weren't you the maximum remote you could do was 10 you know you've got three hours however many raids you can access i think i did in person 36 or 37 raids mm. all on foot walking around london and then you've only got 10 remotes available it got quite stressy when i got beyond raid 30 and there hadn't been a shiny <laughs> <laughs> and you're walking around endlessly in the horrendous rain the wind, your umbrella's trying to escape you like Mary Poppins. It was genuinely quite stressy. Tell me about it. It was. I, would, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. I like a raid day as a concept. I do love the format and the style of it. It's just the unique experience, I would say. It's supposedly a one in 10 ratio. And subsequently, actually, I've seen a lot of people commenting and saying they had a much more similar experience to me than maybe getting the shiny in the first sort of 10 a lot of people did struggle getting the shine. It, it wasn't isolated to yourself. Now, yeah. going back to your stressful experience, did it bring back memories? Because I remember the old community days where the shiny rates, and obviously different thing with a raid day, but the shiny rates yes. weren't as high. And you could quite easily go for the majority of the event and you were sweating towards the end because you still hadn't encountered the shiny. I'm guessing yes. that probably brought some similarities to how you felt that day which you're on a track i like i like that because it it adds jeopardy to the day it's okay i guess for community day i immediately flash back to mareep oh well that was a messed up community day anyway i remember the original charmander com day i only got four shinies on that that was quite stressy i think it was like two and a bit hours to actually get a shiny Mm. and it was just bad rng on that day whatever but you're chasing charmander there's charizard at that point in 2018 it was still useful you knew that the mega yep. was a thing in the future it was okay you didn't need to worry about xl candy well megas it weren't even on the radar back in 18 well anybody who was in the the knowledge of like pokemon go and future stuff knew it would mm. come well, to the of game course, eventually yeah. i kept getting told that endlessly on the day like, don't worry there's mega charizard why available <laughs> at some point <laughs> the problem with this thing is that it had its stats pushed and then a couple of days later or one day later the stats were nerfed further so it became worse then the moves got pushed and we saw that it didn't get a bug or a rock type fast move and so the the move pool compromised the pokemon which seems to be a trend with a lot of new pokemon these days it's like they have potential and then they don't get the right moves and they don't get the right stats and they're ruined so cleavor very quickly just became a get the shiny it's just a dex mon essentially well get the dex but you want the shiny because we know for a fact and i think i said this to a few people just looking at the hisuian bravery and avalug yep. have cycled back into raids many times over the last year yep, indeed last couple of months 
months, I'd say, Avalope was December 2022, it will come back to tier 3 raids in raid cycles and you'll be able to get the shiny there. It will probably still be a 1 in 64 to 1 in 100 sort of thing. But the 1 in 10, the raid day, is the best opportunity to get the shiny. And if you're going, I mean, I took 33 raids to get the shiny and it was in the last sort of 20 minutes that I got the shiny. It was stressy, but it wasn't pleasant. When I got the shiny, it was kind of like, oh, thank God I've got it. Not a, yes, I finally got it. It was that sort of difference, but that's just my personal view. Other people may obviously have a different opinion. I love raid days uh, or raid three hours, but then obviously with the additional remote raid passes, it's remote. It is basically a day. (laughs) If you want to make it a day, you can. Mm -hmm. I was awake at 11 o'clock at night, day before, and I thought, is my bar going to go orange? Yeah, they were. <laughs> People that I know in New Zealand and Australia, literally hosting them. Look at the numbers in the lobbies. There were 16, 17, 18 lobbies full. Ian, I'm not going to say it, don't worry. There was a there was an appetite <laughs> for people to be raiding in Oceana. I don't know if there's any fact or proof of this, but I'm going to tell you what my stats were. So I did 10 remote raids. I know some people said you could might have done more if you mm-hmm. did them over the two time differences. I didn't. Oh, is it if you're in America, you could have done them, yeah. Yeah, but I did 10. I didn't get a shiny on those 10. It was the coronation. We don't want to be, we're not going to be patriotic and all that. But for me, it was something that was something to be, I wanted to witness it. King Cleaver the Third. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see some of it. It is a historical moment and it was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Everything about it was just shows you how amazing events can be. Watching that for an hour and a half. So I got out and started playing it. Well, what time did it start, guys? 11 till 2, wasn't it? 11 a.m. It was an 11 till 2 event. Yeah. So I started playing it. Probably about quarter past 12, actually. I didn't think I was going to get it. <laughs> this is the shiny. I didn't think I was going to get it. Stressy, yeah. It was stressy. Now, the one thing I did like was that clocks reset every hour, so you could theoretically have three at each gym. Yeah. You keep going back around to the ones you've done on the first hour. I kid you not, boys. I think it was quarter to two. And by that point, I was kind of like, do you know what? I'm not going to get this. I got it. You did get it. Yeah, and I stopped at that point. So I did 23 raids, I think it was, in total. So not loads. But 10 remote raided, zero shinies, 13 in person. It was nice to do the in-person raids, actually, and one shiny. And the point I was trying to make was I've seen a lot of people throw statistics. If you can only do 10 of them Mm -hmm. and you don't get the shiny, it probably will be a bit unbalanced. So they felt that more shinies were obtained from in-person raids. But I guess if you only do 10 remote raids, more likely you're not going to get it in those 10. But one thing I did, though, is... There were a lot of people getting them, uh, unless you're Brandon Tan and you got a Shundo after Raid, was it six? But <laughs> Six and then Raid 13, I think it was. He got both the normal and the weather-boosted Shundo somehow. But yeah, one out of 23. What about you, Ian? So going back to the whole statistics thing, uh, I think now is a good time to clarify, yes, the shiny rate was supposedly one in 10. What people seem to forget is it's one in 10 for every encounter that you're getting. Exactly. So it doesn't mm-hmm. mean yes. you're going to get one out of 10 raids. And this is where people start, oh, I've done 30 raids. I should have got three shinies. doesn't work like that at all. It's one and in it never t- has. No, it's one in 10 for each one that you encounter. So just because you do 10 raids doesn't mean you're entitled to a shiny. Wish it did, but unfortunately it didn't. Now, going back to the raid day, I did the full three hours. wasn't the initial plan, but I did the full three hours with the intention of raiding until I either got one or didn't get one for the day. So Mm. for the in-person raids, I did 26 raids. And 
like Milo, I started sweating at around raid six or seven when I was still shinyless. But the sparkles hit on raid, I think it was either seven or eight. Not too bad then. So Not bad. pretty good. Now, one of the trainers that I was with, first raid shiny, literally. It happens. The sparkles hit and it's like, great. But it did jinx them because they didn't get another shiny for a long time. So it's almost like, well, I've got one, but the karma kind of hits and yeah. it, it is what it is. I did six remote raids in addition to the 26 in-person raids. Again, didn't get a shiny from the remote raids. I did, however, get a 98% from remote raids, which I'll take. It was weather boosted. 98, it's as, it's as good as a hundo, let's face it. But end of the day, from a total of 32 raids on three shinies, and my best was 89%. So I'll take that. It's kind of in that one in 10 range overall. It was a good day. It was nice to actually get out and do raids in person. And as I was talking with a couple of the guys I was with, this was one of the things that we'd missed actually going out and doing these raids i can't say with the community because there's only like three of us going around and sending invites out but it was just nice to do them with people that you used to spend time with and you kind of had oh i'll just throw in i'll just throw a remote to them you don't need to go out they'll send me their remotes i'll send you mine so it was nice to have to go out and do these remote raids or not have to but inclined you're tempted to because you can do more of these raids in person and it, it did bring back memories and at the end of the day we all agreed that we actually should do this more often we're it's very easy to fall out of the habits of spending time with people and play not i mean milo's got a good community where he is but it's very very easy to get out of this habit of playing the game in person with other people and this is one of the good things that i think that's come out of the recent situation with raids see i would sort of certainly in my local community have a different view of that because the community where i'm based is you know pretty good always very active certainly for community days and sort of those major events i think it's probably a bit skewed because obviously it was like you said the coronation that's like a sort of usually a once in a lifetime kind of event and also the weather was not good so it put a lot of people off they may have only gone and done their local gym but done one two and then gone and done a few remotes we really didn't have a turnout for this raid day at all we had a handful of people and once people had used their five freeze if even if they hadn't got a shiny they called it and that was sort of the main problem is by the end of it it was just me and one other person going around to try and get my shiny and that is a good point because we are not the normal pokemon go player i mean mm. even mark myself who's somewhat more casual than you but no one can say that we're an average pokemon go player we're not the singaporean grandma i was, was gonna say we're no singaporean grandma a raid day <laughs> me and the guys that I'll go out with, we, we will go as ham as we can. We'll hit as many raids as we can. And we took this pretty mm. chilled out to just do 26 raids in person. Normally we could actually be that, especially with a one hour rotating time. I mean, thinking back to the That's old raid days, these days yes. when so you had a three better. hour time, you, you, you were struggling sometimes to actually hit all of the gyms that you wanted to. If anything, I would say that this one hour rotating time actually hindered it because we were sticking in a lot more condensed area than what we normally would have done in the past. But it's nice to actually have that because you're not going to run out of gyms to do raids at. It's a little bit tit for tat on that because if you stick to a sort of more localized area, two things on that one hour timer is that certainly for more rural players, if they have one gym, very limited number, they can actually do more raids on the raid day 
than they could before because otherwise it was a, a one raid on your gym and that's it. Whereas now they can get three. And let's remember, this was soloable. This was a three, a tier yeah. three raid boss. Yes. It was soloable. Exactly. That's the only reason I was able to get the shiny was the fact it was soloable. You know, I'm in an area where I don't know what the community mm. is. To be fair, since I've um, posted a couple of uh, tweets about it and that, I've had a couple of people actually approach me saying, we live in the area and we're new as well. Can we do something in the future? So maybe that'll change moving oh, forward. Good. So that, that, the work so that's is like starting. The, that's the little genesis of a community starting. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Absolutely. Build that community. If this wasn't soloable, you know, I would have been literally sat there relying on people joining me remotely. How many times it keeps saying? Like the elite raids. Your people have, on your friends list have maxed out they've used their remote rates like you're selecting people and you send five invites it says three of your friends have used all their remote raids for the day you're like, right, I've oh sent out to my them. god yeah and, and then you're losing time because you're resending out invites yeah and it was just but that bottom mm. point it was so so bit. i was i was looking to able to do as many as i did because i was able to do it on my own but it was it was a very yeah. unsociable raid day for me, if that makes sense. I didn't do it with anyone in person for the whole of it that I played. So And you got your shiny. Indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I know people that did thirty raids plus I didn't get the shiny, so but that's RNG, isn't that it? That is the definition of RNG. But there were a lot of people remote raiding, so people are forgiven. Now and they're, they're remote they raiding, which, is, uh, <laughs> which yeah. is nice. Last thing, I did, for the first time, max out my remote raid capacity. I did the 10, mainly because of the fact they'd taken 33 raids to get a shiny and had no decent IV one. So I thought, why not? I'll try and actually get some friendship interactions. And then there was no shiny on my remotes, unfortunately. So I ended up doing 40, 47 raids in total one shiny on raid 33 from an in-person raid which is harsh rng it's tough but it happens i've seen people who've done 50 raids plus mm. get no shiny yeah. which wow yeah it's, it's tough and that's the, unfortunately the basis of an rng based game and i feel for these people i was getting fidgety after like six or seven raids imagine walking around in the pouring rain with an umbrella and be like where's my shiny well that's exactly how that's i felt mad. at mm. Severe safari zone. Yes, but you were in a nice climate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicer weather. One point, actually, that's cropped up in my head about this raid day is, yes, it's a tier three, it's solo ball, but there's no added perks for the rewards. And this was something that was brought up in a conversation with the few people I was with. There's no other incentive, really, for this raid day to go out and join people other than to try and get the shiny. And because you've got... F- five free passes extra that saw people not getting guaranteed XL, even though technically it's an evolved version of Scyther, weren't guaranteed the XL on catch. It's a bit iffy on that because it's a Hisuian Technically, version. it's a Hisuian and there's no other way of obtaining this mon. But you don't get like the guaranteed XL when you do a level five these days in person, and you don't get the guaranteed rare XL from the rewards. The rewards were tier three basic stats which sort of thing. they should be they never advertised any extra rewards no no no. they didn't advertise it but i think that's something they could rectify to maybe draw more people out to do a raid day and get people past i think we would have more people coming out to join our crew we did ask in our local chats and people were not interested we had five six people is that what it was then milo so it was literally five six people and that whittled down very yeah. quickly ian hits the nail on the head you know we're not average pokemon go players and i think when we're speaking about it like we're here go we were in it to yeah. get the shiny mm. and the people that in our close circles are in it to get the shiny but actually when you, when you go not far past that to the average pokemon go player i know a few of my guys that are not probably 
as hardcore as they used to be. And they were like, I did my five, mm. didn't get one. Okay. I, I know yeah. a few people you know saying, Mark, they did the five, they didn't get one. Okay, we'll move on. We look at the game from a very different perspective to the pick it up and maybe play half an hour a day sort of person. Yeah, exactly. It's the people who use those five frees, particularly with now the 10 remote raid limit on a raid day. There are more things they could be done to get extra people out. It may be different. We'll have to see on the next raid day, which I'm hoping they do something in the summer with a different mon. It might be better whether we might see more people out. There won't be a coronation happening. Well, we, we, we hope not. Hope not. Um, well, we hope not, yeah. <laughs> Ian, hope not. We hope not. <laughs> we hope not. Let, let's let Charlie have a, a few years, shall we? Let's, yes. let's see. King Cleaver. <laughs> it shows you how much my gameplay had changed over the last sort of two and a half years because I had a, a, a lot of green passes sat in my item storage. And for me, mm, I yeah. was sat there going, well, today's not going to cost me anything. When I got out and played, obviously I did the 10 remote raids, but I was like, I've got all these remote, I've got all these passes here and these, I can start using some of them. I, I want to go into that, Mark, because did you see how many boxes were released for this event? There was like four new boxes oh, mate. for this yes. event of varying different qualities and quantities. It was like the whole box debacle thing we had back in, what was it, November? Well, actually, I, 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 we were talking in, in the car that I was in and I'm sure there's still some A-B testing because the... the there were boxes and we were comparing and people were getting different things in the boxes for different amounts of money with the same name. So I think the A-B testing might still be going on, you know. It could very yeah. well be. I know, I've heard of people having, what was it, the Voyager box. The Voyager box, that's Disappearing it. Yeah. and then reappearing and all of that sort of stuff. Very much maybe. But I didn't mind it though because there was a box. You get two remote raid passes and I think it was something like about 300 and... I think it was 320. Two remote cart, raids yeah. and the variety. It was 320, I think, and, actually. and I was going, that's all right. I can live with that. <laughs> oh, for like... the remotes, yeah, it was either 310 or 320. Yeah, it was 320. If they left that box for 320 rather than what they're charging, people wouldn't be kicking off as much if that box was readily available all the time. People still wouldn't be happy, but they'd be kicking Absolutely. off less. To a degree, I think. <laughs> let's face it, Pokemon Go players are never, especially the Twitter warriors, they're never going to be happy with anything, but... Yeah. Gotta throw Facebook and Instagram in there as well. <laughs> Social media in general. <laughs> Twitter's worse. Social media. <laughs> so I think we could talk about this for the entire show, but we can't. And the reason for that is Mark's poll needs to be careful because there's an axe-type cleaver attacking it. Careful where you swing that axe. <laughs> exactly. It could chop Mark's pole down. Cleaver could. Oh, God. Oh. Lumberjack. Well, I'm very fortunate, guys. <laughs> God. I've got a lot of people protecting my pole tonight. They're all on there protecting it. Which, which is clinging on so, for dear life. Clinging on for dear life. We might we might lose our listenership Ian, if if Cleaver goes too crazy. We've got to be careful. Cleaver's going to strike him down. We put a tweet out twenty four hours after Cleaver Raid Day, so people could reflect on it. And it was a simple question. So during Cleaver Raid Day, how many remote raids did you join? And I'll put in brackets. Be honest with a little smiley face. Two thousand eight hundred eighteen people have voted. On the park. Whoa! That's, that's a whole out. lot of protection. <laughs> that is a lot of protection. So I'm, I'm confident my poll might be all right for this one, boys. We might but be all right. Do you think that people have been answering this genuinely, or do you think they've just gone zero, zero, zero just to prove a point on a poll? We will never know. We will never know. However, I did also put it on my personal account as well. And I'm <laughs> going to be honest with you, Ian, that had nearly 1,200 people just off the personal account. And <gasps> it was a very similar 
spreads of votes on both of them. These were the final scores on the doors. So in fourth place, with 6% of the vote, between six and nine remote raids. In third place, with 13%, we did all 10 of them. Oh. 19% of that number have done between six and 10. Fifth of that number have done yeah, just between about, six yeah. and 10. In second place, 27% of people did between one and five remote raids. High percentage. So that is 46% of people basically did at least one yeah. remote raid on Cleaver Raid Day. 54% of people said they didn't. Fake news. <laughs> There's no Fake way. Fake news. No, based I can, I on can lobbies. See. I can see where that is. Like, we have obviously people on our friends list who do still remote raid or jump in to invites, etc. I think there'll be a lot of people who are like people who are with me who did the five in person and then went home. Even if they did the five in person free passes over the three hours on two gym locations because the remote passes are too costly, they're not interested. And also, as we've just been discussing, the Mon itself is a shiny hunt. It's not good. I agree. It's not usable. We'll agree to disagree. I genuinely don't believe that number, but we, people have voted that, so that's the result. <laughs> but yeah, good, good turnout. 2,800 well, people. I, I voted honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, yeah. Yes. You're saying it, but, but what I will say is, and, I, and I, I get what you're saying, Milo, it was nice to see familiar people that used to remote raid before sending me invites. Again. Are we going to get egg events and raid days between now and till the end of time. <laughs> Do we get a feeling that's where it's going? And I've got to admit, I would have done all ten of mine, but I saved a few just because I was hoping for some LA invites which never arrived. I was saving one and I caved. Oh, did you? Yeah. And cave because it was an ultra friend level up. And I was like, okay, I should Yeah, I, I saved in. a couple for some West Coast invites that never materialized. I think I can hear something buzzing. Now, WhatsApp messages. We have one <laughs> WhatsApp message today, and it kind of relates to what we've just been talking about. Insects. Ketty Spice from India. Hey, Incense Podcast. It's Ketty Spice from South India again. I have uh, been uh, religiously listening to your uh, episodes every time they, do- they drop. And uh, I don't know, after like uh, the remote raid drop, after it's been like talked about so much, I, I wanted to talk to you about my experience uh, living in a rural area. I played the Stunfisk uh, research day. I have around uh, 10 or 12 Pokestops at the place where I work. So I played and I just got uh, the Galarian ones. I just got like three Galarian. I couldn't find the, you know, one uh, Stunfisk at all. And uh, for the, uh, I just finished the Cleaver raid day. And uh, like I when I saw it on... Uh, the Pokemon website or uh, uh, or the other sources that we have it, I was uh, like I was surprised to see that it's not soloable. But then at the just before the raid hour, I got to know that it was soloable. Uh, I had in fact actually made plans just because the raid boss wasn't soloable. I thought okay, let's I'll go I'll travel to my hometown, take a couple of days off work, and uh, travel to my hometown. And uh, there, it's a it's a bigger city, so it has a bunch of uh, gyms there. And uh, I might find some, uh, I might find my local group to uh, raid with. So the shiny raid is one in ten, and uh, I did about uh, I took my my account and my baby account, and uh, I did about uh, seventeen raids, and I had zero shinies. Um, I read up uh, like I've seen um, people where they play an entire community day and they don't get a shiny or something but i never thought it'll like happen to me but 
yeah i played the whole day uh, the whole radar and uh, i didn't find one cleaver shiny and like i didn't play it for uh, the shiny actually and when i was uh, when i saw that i'm i'm like uh, not getting any shinies i thought like it's okay it's all right i'm actually playing playing it for uh, the charge tms since the raids are not oh, uh, yeah. i am like at a scarcity of charge tms for my for my gvl uh, so i was just playing it for charge tms but actually it was very surprising and kind of uh, disappointing because i it's uh, it's almost 40 degrees here in uh, south india so Toasty. 11 to 2 is wow. like heat time when the heat starts burning up so yeah i took like some time to play um uh like i made plans to play this day and i ended up with zero shinies i didn't have any expectations but still it was a bit disappointing to to actually like find out that every time you play this game or play any event it's like a casino and it's the odds are never in your favor like almost most of the time the house wins and the odds are mostly not in your favor so yeah i would like to just tell uh, tell this uh, to my fellow pokemon go players that you know it's play any event with uh, zero expectations and yep. uh, play for <laughs> the fun of it and yep. uh, you'll never end up being disappointed i just played for uh, the charge tms which i got a bunch uh, thanks to these three star raids so i am happy but i am like i'm a bit sad that i couldn't find a shiny but it's it's still fine i wanted to hear uh, your thoughts on this thanks guys i uh, love the podcast by the way you guys are doing a phenomenal <laughs> job thank you very much for sending that thank in you. we've obviously sort of given our main thoughts and feelings and how our days went so sorry you didn't get the shiny but i would say nick training tips would be nodding and agreeing with your philosophy <laughs> If totally don't have the expectations of, and you won't be disappointed necessarily this, this game doesn't guarantee you anything and mm. people do feel entitled to things uh, certainly yeah. i do i know we all do you, it's easy to feel entitled to things but the game doesn't really owe us anything the game's the game and if there wasn't an element of chance involved there'd be no point in playing the only thing i'd add to that is um have zero expectation you won't be disappointed you'll just be broke or just be out of a little bit of money <laughs> It's kind of the way it works, isn't it? Really? If you do your remote rates, <laughs> it's like, it is the casino, definitely. Definitely. I yes. recently made peace with this. I know I ranted on a previous episode a bit about Easter Sunday. Do you remember I did that rant a bit about the yes, raid? Yes, yes, yes. The early raid. raid day. Look back and I heard a couple of people, and Ian, you mentioned it actually as well. I'm not going to retract what I said, but I certainly have made peace now with actually how. How dare should I expect the game to make things available whenever I can play it only? Do you know what? Actually, this game, it's irrelevant when it plays. If you can play some, you can. If you can't, you have to make peace with it. The game doesn't have to bend itself around every single person to play it. It can't do that. Because there'll be numerous it people that have never played a community day because mm. they'll be working at weekends. So actually, how am I to moan about that? And I, do you know what? I... I think that's something that's put me in good stead because what the game then does is it drops something freakishly out of the blue that you don't expect. It makes you love it again. <laughs> it's very, oh, it's a good game, isn't it, for that? The game is on its own calendar, very much and so. And it kind of has mm. to be. It, there's no way they're going to be able to please everybody all of the time. No. The way it is at the moment, it's kind of pleasing nobody all of the time, but that's a different matter because a lot of the player base will never be happy no matter what Niantic give us. 
and we don't have the time on this show to dive into no we'll do that another kind week. Of conversation <laughs> so we will <laughs> safely sidestep the flailing axe pokemon and look forward to next week mark give us a 60 second recap of the animals that are currently in my back garden if anybody was wondering, yes, I have baby foxes currently in my garden. It's baby really annoying. Baby fox. Do, do, do. <laughs> baby fox. Do, 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 do. Baby fox. Do, 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 do. Baby fox. Milo's got a fox. Your time starts now. Fennekin, the fox Pokemon, which is also residing in Milo's back garden. We featured you in May Community Day. <laughs> Of all Braxton, the Fennekin's evolution during the event up to five hours afterwards to get a Delphox Fox at those to charge attack blast burn. It is on Sunday, May the 21st from 2pm to 5pm local time. Fennekin's will obviously make its debut on this day. Look for somewhere to play. Check out the Hootie Day map. Event bonuses. Three times Stardust for catching Pokemon. Two times Candy for catching nice. Pokemon. Two times Chance for Trainers all 31 and up to receive Candy itself and catching Pokemon and more. And yes, if you raid from between 5 to 10pm local time, on Sunday, May the 21st, 23 trainers also be able to take on four-star raid battles. Once you successfully complete a four-star raid battle against Braxton, is it Braxton or is it Braxian or whatever, Braxton. however it's pronounced? Brexit. Fennekin will appear. Braxton. Oh, I've got about 10 seconds. Brexit. Oh, God. <laughs> Fennekin will appear around the gym that hosts the raid for 30 minutes. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. Remember, the ginger fox turns into a silver Fox. Ding, ding, ding. That's about right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Stuff. Brexit. God, Brexit. <laughs> Evolve Brexit to get blast burn. <laughs> we will wish you all the very best of luck for next week. When the next episode drops, we'll be able to say it again. But I want to throw the title of Sir Game to the waterfall. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had this, but I accept. Thank you. Shiny, happy Pokemon. Shiny, happy do you want to be knighted as Sir Game <laughs> yes, or Lord please Game? knight me. I, I will be Sir Game. Sir Lord Game, Game, you are now... I can't be a lord before I'm a sir, can I? Cleaver will knight you. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> yeah. I've got no arms. <laughs> so without any arms, we'll move into... He's armless. Like Wooper. I'm armless. Uh, some might say. Uh, some say. <laughs> <laughs> So, shiny, happy Pokemon, a, a game that we introduced a few weeks ago, and it's a simple one. I'm going to ask you what a certain element of a shiny Pokemon is, and you're going to tell me what color it is. We're going to do it first to, well, as you know, it's basically the last man standing, isn't it? Tonight? It's just two of it's you. It's a head-to-head, yeah. So, Pogo Milo UK. Ice a game. We're going to start easy. We'll go through the generation, so we'll start easy. What color is the shiny of Ekans, the mom that's going to win tonight's poll. <laughs> the snake backwards the snake is green. <laughs> it is green. Masterful 27. Yes, sir, game. Your first Pokemon. What colour <laughs> is the shiny of Oddish? I want to say that Oddish is... Is it green? It is green. You had me worried for a second, but it is green. I had indeed. me worried for a second. <laughs> The runtime. <laughs> so both of you get through to round two, Johto. So Pogo Milo UK. We're going for another generic color. What color is shiny of Steelix? Ooh, it's a gold. Like Sir Games Crane. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> Masterful 27. Your second Pokemon, your Johto Pokemon. 
What colour is the shiny of Heracross? Oh, Heracross is a very lovely, I want to say pink colour. Is correct. Beautiful one. Beautiful one. Okay, so we move on to Hoenn. Vegas. Pogo Mylouka, your favourite Pokemon is Slackoth, is it not? Yes, it's literally clinging to my microphone for anybody. So, can you tell me... on a video podcast. What colour is the dorsal fin of the shiny Carvana? Ah, <laughs> probably not. Um, the dorsal fin. The dorsal fin. Oh, my God. It completely shifts colours, doesn't it? It might do. I can't remember if the dorsal fin well, stays the same. Yeah, this is the thing. Does it or does it not? To be or not to be. That is the question. <laughs> I think it stays the same as the original, which is kind of like a, a beigey yellow. Yes. Correct. Whoa. Thank, God. Thank God for that. Oh, you though. most definitely coopsed that answer. Masterful 27, staying with Howard. Yes, again. What colour is the eyeball of Lunatone? <laughs> oh, the cruise ship's favourite Pokemon. It mm-hmm. is a sort of grey-blue colour, isn't it, Lunatone's eye? It is. Well done. So, we move on to round four. Sinnoh. Pogomile UK. I. What colour is the eyes and mouth, the face part of the shiny of Spiritomb? Oh, do you mean the eyes and mouth, or you mean like yeah, the like the, the eyes and bit? mouth? It's like no, not, not the circular bit. It's the eyes and mouth part. The eyes and mouth themselves. Are they kind of like a they're a magentary pink? They are. It's like a pinky, purpley. It's a good shiny. Still need it. Oh, Marty, that was so like. Uh, Maybe in this year's Halloween event they'll actually put it in for you. Maybe. Fingers crossed. So, Masterful 27, what colour is the tongue of Licky Licky? <laughs> There's a sound effect for it, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. I have no idea, so I'm going to be guessing, but the tongue is... Is it red? No. <laughs> Adjudicator's call. It's like a pinky tongue colour. No. Well, that's not red, is it? Oh. It doesn't change colour. It's the same colour. It's like just a tongue colour. pink, yeah. And it's like a pinky tongue colour. Pogamile UK, you are tonight's winner. Well Interesting. done. Interesting. We've got through man. quite a few regions. Yeah, we've got to region four there. Just Unfortunately, so Mark fell down on the tongue. <laughs> oh, the Pac-Man frog tongue. That scares yeah. you. <laughs> Mark needs to spend more time with Licky Licky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. Though we, we really do like shiny, happy Pokemon. Yes. We'll have, definitely have to bring that back a bit more often. But we're going to sort of go into... Is, 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 is the news. First of all, Reversal, lovely to hear your lovely voice. Nice, that was my favourite one, Ian. Thank you for putting that one on there. Very much appreciated. But no, we're going to have a little bit of a conversation. Unofficial Pokeminer stuff. We're going to have a bit of an open discussion just around what we think it could be, what it might be, and what we think it will look like as and when if, if it does come into the game. I think it's worth also mentioning at the moment, boys. I know we've talked a little bit about it before the recording but Peridot's been released from uh, Niantic yeah it dropped technically today but for a lot of people it dropped on Monday yeah a lot of people were able to download it on the 8th have have you guys downloaded it I haven't what's it like has you guys got it on your phones I have downloaded it slimy looking creature and I have played with my dot and um, I'm having good fun with my dot yes you you dirty whatever Yeah, it's actually playing with your dot alone. It seems quite inoffensive. I I don't really see the end game of it just yet, but 
I've played it a little bit in the last sort of day and a half, and you know what? It, I'm kind of enjoyed it in a I don't really know what I'm doing sort of way, but I kind of did that with Pikmin and NBA All World as well. But I think it's one of those things where it, it's going to be one of those games that where you come and go from. I don't think casual. Yeah, basically very casual. Um, have you, you downloaded it? Mark says he hasn't. I have not. It it doesn't appeal to me really at the moment, unless people implore me to play it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I just it doesn't have a lure for me. The designs of the creatures all look quite samey. They're either like a sort of latex looking well, you mountain say goat. Everyone is unique. Yeah, but they all look like they're made of silicon, and they all look like a weird mountain goat or cat thing. You know what? Like... They're actually cute, and the, the <laughs> AR in the game I think is actually really quite fun. That's the one thing. I know we'll get back to Pokemon and stuff, but the AR factor of the game having seen francesco begin getting a peridot or whatever it is it's far more advanced and sophisticated <laughs> the AR is than the way AR more, pokemon go it is it's a lot better and looking at it genuinely all it makes me do is bang my head on the desk and say why is this not in go snapshot seriously go snapshot can barely even register a flat surface properly because there's one variable which we're not taking into account that Niantic mm-hmm. don't have full control over pokemon go given well it's a shame given that they're an ar company put some more into a snapshot genuinely i'd love to see it might that. come there might be updates because I hope. if they start introducing the technology into go what is in peridot there are a lot of opportunities there for for Niantic and Pokemon that's where go. i'm wondering if peridot is almost like a sort of showcase because it's their own ip Francesco's just messaged in the chat. He named his first Peridot, and I saw this actually on the French yeah, list. Yeah, I saw it as well. He, he nicknamed I his did. first Peridot John Hankey. <laughs> he did, yeah. So John Hankey's now got a party hat on him, I think. <laughs> oh, Francesco <laughs> isn't the only one that's named his first Peridot John Hankey. I've seen a few of them about. It doesn't surprise me. I do hope that, given it's their own IP, that they can showcase it. If the AR works well, then they can bring that maybe into... Pokemon it Go, is quite good in that if your peridot goes behind something, it kind of disappears. You just see a shadow. That yeah. there, there is it depth different... of field in there as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Depth of field, it can tell different surfaces. You can make your dot. My peridot actually climbed on to top another. of my birdcage. It recognised it was a birdcage there, and it was climbing. Was Mac on top okay? Of <laughs> I don't think you know what's happening. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> Anyway, we'll we digress. <laughs> we yeah. do digress. Let's get back to it. But, but, but I think this is a really good, you know, we won't, we'll talk about this another time, but it almost feels like Niantic approving to the Pokemon company that they can make it amazing. And it's just like, let us do it now. What AR with, with they your, can do. Because yeah. um, I, do, I do feel that it's scary that like two games by Niantic, one six years old, seven years old, sorry, the other in its infancy. It's a day and old. the new yeah. one has got it with all mm. bells and whistles. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's not that they can't do it with the other one. This is ours and we could do all this good stuff. And Sorry, uh, it's funny you say that, Mark, because there are indicators, that there are some similarities between Peridot and Pokemon Go mm-hmm. in that I think you were talking about it to me earlier, Milo, before we started recording, in that there's like a showcase feature that's in the code, but isn't active at the moment in Go. Indeed. So the thing that Peridot has, and I might be saying this wrong because I'm literally just going off of a few little bits of information I've heard, is that at what are the equivalent of Pokestops, you can showcase your adult dot, your creature. And I don't know if it's like a sort of competition or rivalry sort of thing, but it's like, hey, here's my creature it is. There you go. It's at this location. My John Hankey. Here's my, here's my John my Hankey. My John Hankey is currently sat at the pub. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen that. That is the thing in the game. I haven't done it because my Peridot is still a baby and you can't showcase a baby. You've got to stuff it with sandwiches, mate. I've, I've stuffed it as full of sandwiches as I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I've played ball with it as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> played fetch. <laughs> 
And you can actually it's teach your Peridot tricks as well. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, you can get it to give you a paw and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's... I know we keep digressing, but it's, it's, it's a very open discussion. We've got like Pokemon and Just imagine if you could train your about. Pokemon to do these sort of things. It would be amazing. This is what I was saying. Do you know the buddy system? Uh, exactly. The buddy Pokemon back in the day could do different animations and things. You get different styles of animations. Some Pokemon could actually, flying Pokemon could, would land and you could control them and do sort of things like that. Yeah. And now, ever, for about a year or so, you haven't been able to do that. And it's been, it's a very small community, unfortunately, the AR kind of photography community. But seeing them, it's like, we want to do different stuff with our Pokemon, our buddies or whatever, and take interesting shots. Maybe this can come from Peridot now. If they prove that this can work, bring it into the buddy system and into the Go Snapshot side of things. You could do much more with your Pokemon, and that could be very cool. Fingers crossed. But we'll gloss over some of the highlights of this sort of thing in this Pokeminers article. So a few of the things around what are called contests, and this is where it links into what Ian mentioned about showcasing your dot at a location. Marketing name is called Showcases. Code name is called Contests. There's a contest badge somewhere as well. Contest for having the largest Pokemon is the only contest type currently so maybe be able to put the xxl pokemon of the pokestop and go look how tall my cutie fly is yes and when a pokemon <laughs> has entered a contest if it's recently won it can't be re-entered in another contest we don't know how long that is for but again this is all in the code is not live in the game and might not be live in the game for a long time uh, you can only have one pokemon in a contest at any one time and you'll be prompted to transfer them on to another contest if you try to re-enter it. You must be at a stop to enter the contest, so I'm assuming you need to be physically at that location, and you can't enter a contest if you haven't claimed previous contest rewards, so I assume you have to redeem what you've rewarded before you can then put more into other contests, uh. which kind of makes sense. The final point for what I can see on here is the player limit for number of contests entered, so you might say you can enter 10, and if you've got ones that need to claim rewards, you can't put more in within your 10 until you've claimed them. And that'll give people something to moan about, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh. believe I can't enter 500 contests. <laughs> With all of my XXS <laughs> ponytail, <laughs> whatever it is. The one point to finish on, there are contest ranks and points and you can use it to rank up. Again, this is just rant, like code that's been picked up and kind of reported on we're not going to go through all of the lines of text and everything these are just the highlights but given how similar that is to potentially what's going on in peridot and even maybe going a bit further with you know the report of the scale aspect i don't know if that's even reported on in peridot whatsoever what do we think about this is sort of a new mechanic in pokemon go being tested in peridot do we think this is, I don't know, interesting? <laughs> well, I don't see a reason why features can't be transferred from one game to another as long as they mm. make sense within the game. And let's face it, there hasn't really been any new features in Pokemon Go for a long time. I know we're going to be talking about another feature that is up and coming mm -hmm. very shortly. And I want to bring it here because, again, we, we were talking before the show and Niantic are bringing a lot of creators to the West Coast to show them some new stuff. Oh, hushed in secrecy. So we don't know what that is, but, I mean, it would make sense if it was to do with this mind information. Potentially, and yes. I pity the game has been crying out for something new for a while. Yeah, you're right. There hasn't really been yeah. a brand new feature update the the latest thing was the xxs and xxl pokemon which everyone including nick however many weeks ago it was saying this is not content it's not 
he's, no. he is right, apart from maybe having the joke of like, look how enormous this Tyranitar is, or Cleaver. If you've got an XXL Cleaver, bloody hell, that thing's enormous. Exactly. And let, uh, before that, <laughs> what we had elite raids introduced in the game, but they were yeah. just another form of raid. It yeah, wasn't really anything new. new. You have to go a long way back yeah. before anything brand new as a as a mechanic, a core mechanic in Pokemon Go has been added. This could be that. How effective its use it depends again what rewards they could give you would this potentially be another way to earn poke coins do we think or just exclusive items maybe well i scanned through the code it doesn't actually say what the rewards are so we could theorize it would be nice if it was poke coins it, it would take a little bit of the edge off of the fact that things have gone up in the in-game store yeah but let's face it uh, it's probably stickers. gonna be a couple of hyper potions and some berries <laughs> coops would be happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah It'd be like those little gifts that you get, those little balloons that seem to come every living six hours now, it feels like, with gifts. And every time you open it, it gives you two potions. Get some stardust and some berries. <laughs> oh, I've turned those some off. <laughs> Annoy me. Give you mediocre rewards. It'll probably give you, like, you know, have six Pokeballs or something, but I would love it if it gave you some kind of exclusive avatar item or a pose or something, like you can get from the GBL stuff. It depends on how serious this is taken exactly and let's set our expectations realistically the yeah. rewards that we generally get from buddy gifts we, we probably are looking at a few hyper potions and maybe a few berries i would love it if you won the contest at this location or whatever the pokemon that you won it with got a little rosette you know like you have That'd the be best nice. buddy rosette yeah. you had one that said xxl on it <laughs> or something <laughs> said this is the biggest slack off in the world in the world <laughs> in this tiny section of West London. This actually is quite interesting because there are other mobile games that work on similar teamworking, building, collecting, contests. Like Homescapes is a really great example of a mobile game. It's fast, it's furious. There's, there's competitions going on every two, three day cycle. Some overlap, you know, and every time you log in, it's, there's something different going on in it. And like joins groups, you can have friends in your in your lists as part of your team you know all this is is endless now the end game would be poker coins that'd be phenomenal if it was things like poker coins games like homescapes the top prize for winning these and you have to work hard on your whole team just to give some context here imagine you've got you and 19 other trainers in your team you all have to contribute equally to make give you the chance of winning that contest if you're randomly put against other groups of 20 in a league table situation they 48 hours, 72 hours, 96 hours, they're always alternating around quickly. They do give premium items away in that. If you look at it, and we say about the value of premium items in the game, they, they assign the value to an item of a poker coin total. But actually, what does that really do to the game? Does it devalue an item if you win it at a competition? Well, no, it doesn't if you have to work for it. And I think they could be brave here. They could be really brave with this. You know, I think Niantic are going to shock the world with what Peridot can do. And other mobile games leave Niantic behind at the same time on the interactive with players around different parts of the world. I think Peridot could really could really sort of show what they can do could and showcase what Niantic way. are able to do. And, and going back to what we're saying, if Niantic are showcasing these new features to creators and we know that they've flown people from all over the world, they're obviously hyping something up because they wouldn't bring all this many people to one place just to say, look, we're going to do a new type of raid. <laughs> The point five star raid. <laughs> We're reintroducing the two star raid. <laughs> the two star raids. All I'm waiting to see is this become the next esport for Pokemon Go. We've had GBL and oh, PvP. Star raid. Let's find out if the 
team competition for who's got the biggest Tyranitar <laughs> takes over. I, I heard they're going to um, call it the Flex Game. <laughs> the Flex Game. <laughs> steal it from us. It's great. But the, the more interesting part of the article, and we've talked about the root maker a little bit on previous shows. Quite a bit over the last two years, actually, thinking back. Probably it's four or hovered, five times. It's hovered around the code in the game for a fair while. It's popped up, it's disappeared, XYZ. We've got some more information on it, but what puts some fuel on the fire of this one is that on the official GoFest image, or one of them, there was the image of the root maker behind the symbol for GoFest. I think it's on all three logos. I think the, the, this, this diamonds, isn't it, with the little swirly line? It's the little yeah. swiggly line, yeah. Yeah, that's on it all makes, of the logos. It makes me think and hope that it's going to be linked in maybe with GoFest finally and we could utilise it. Shall we dive into the highlights? Yeah, because the Pokemoners haven't really given us an awful lot, but there is some interesting information here that start and end points will be nominated for your route and you'll need to name and describe your route as well. <laughs> Wonder if there's an inappropriate text filter for it. Who said gathering data? Don't leave up. Stop, mis- stop misbehaving, people. <laughs> Don't be so cynical. <laughs> Routes must be between half a kilometre and 20 kilometres, so walking around your garden will not count unless you've got a big garden. It's a lot of zigzagging. Mm. <laughs> a lot of zigzagging. Pins are the points along the route. The pins have got to be 15 metres from the route path and 20 metres apart. Set distance for the pins. Sounds like pins are an option instead of required, so maybe not a complete necessity. Sorry, Wayspotters. Routes are reviewed <laughs> by Niantic directly, not Wayfarer, which I think is good given how some people treat Way- Wayfarer. <laughs> people yes. s- stop submissions. Some more information about the route maker. The reason it's more interesting to talk about this with the GoFest image kind of on it We've got the city GoFest Explorer stuff linked in with the three cities. Yeah, London, Osaka, New York. What a fantastic way to drop this mechanic at these three major events, London, Osaka, and New York, very big, famous cities. I wouldn't be surprised if there are possibly pre-made routes by Niantic that drop and say, hey, between here and here, there's all these landmarks and that sort of thing. Go and do it over GoFest. I think there will because there are already these sort of routes in Ingress. So if they were utilising some existing routes, but tailored more towards Pokemon Go. Not saying that will happen, but obviously that has been a mechanic in Ingress for a long time. I think it makes sense. We've said it before, we talked about GoFest. There'll be some people that have only played them in the parks in Germany. This concept of doing the city explore bit might scare people and almost make them feel a bit out of control from it and might put them off. And actually, how good would it be that, you know, let's say in the game, if they did do it for GoFest, there's preloaded routes where they go, right, Fear not, trainers. You, you're leaving the park behind you, but these routes here in the game are going to give you the optimum GoFest experience out of the park. You've got these preloaded routes in the game already, and you, you have an adventure on this exploring. You actually have a purpose of it. I think that's quite could be interesting to know how many companies might want to get sponsored on those routes. Because I guess if you're leading people to certain areas, there's probably a link in there that I am to, you know, or anyone could do. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't I'm you do for, that? I'm, just... I'm waiting for um, GoCast, Chris and Kyle, to go from all the Starbucks in Chicago. <laughs> well, this, in the States, obviously, you've got all of the, the sponsored stops. You've got Starbucks, you've got Kung yeah. Fu Tea, uh, amongst others. <laughs> yes. Verizon stores. 
another Starbucks. <laughs> be brilliant. Cynical. Absolutely Imagine brilliant. Starbucks route. <laughs> but one thing I will say is, and the personal experience of sort of seeing other route maker style things, this is going into a console game. Forza Horizon, and I think now Need for Speed, these racing games have kind of a sandbox style event creation lab where you, people can make all kinds of stuff for their own racetracks and their own events and that sort of thing and it's been hugely popular for however many years if people can make their own routes go from one place to another i'm immediately making the walpole hyperloop i was about to make a joke about that i knew you would 100 <laughs> percent. it's like a prime conde route here yeah. Because it's more than 0.5 of a kilometre, which is perfect. It's less than 20 as well for the actual Conde route as well. Indeed. But there's so many ways yeah. that if the route maker is implemented correctly and showcase and push to people, with also how Community Day group meetups is pushed, and you say, hey, there's a local park near you that a lot of people want to choose to play at, you can now do, hopefully Campfire will be even further rolled out to people by the time we get to August it will be yet another tool to bring players together for Especially events. for historical places. London's a great mm. example. There's a lot of, exactly. of history, a lot of sites to see. Grantham, where I live, obviously quite famous. Mm. Isaac Newton, Margaret Thatcher, there's a lot of history here. And there quite easily could be routes that would be made for people to see these sort of special places. This will, you know, because we talk about, you know, I know, I'm repeating myself a bit, we talk about people's insecurities, you know, not liking... You're not knowing where they're going, you know, sticking to what they know and that. But how cool would it be if someone could go to somewhere and play it how someone who knows how it's played in that area by having a route and a map in yeah. the game? It might be a bit like, um, oh, what they call it? What's the app where you can like do walks that people have nominated? Oh, what's that app called? Oh, you can do runs on it. You can like track them. People use it for their fitness. Peloton. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, they've probably got that. But no, you can go to an area and people can put walks on it and like runs and things to do it. And you look at it and go, oh, I'll try that. Imagine you've got Pokemon Go on and you go to an area and you and you go, oh, I'm playing Community Day. Then you put the game on. It goes, this is where people play Community Day. This route's a great route. You know what I mean? And it could be for many different reasons why it's a great route. I, I like that. And looking into the possibility of it, last year when we did the Go Fest in Seattle, I mean, that was a very steep city. We were just... Yes. aimlessly wandering around. We knew we, we wanted to head down to Pike Place Fish Market or Pike Place itself, but we pretty much just Googled it on our phone and used Google Maps to get to where we wanted to go. If this route maker had been around then, there might have been a route that would have took us straight there. Yes, I think so. Oh, I think it's called All Trails. I think it's that all, And Strava. Strava's mm. the other one, but All Trails is definitely one of them. Strava, Strava and All Trails, they're the ones. But that was it. I mean, you make a very good point about Seattle Go Fest. We had Kim, who's supporter of the podcast, who's a local player and from Seattle, came along with our little group. So we went around the city. We went down to, I can't remember exactly, but we went around and got shown around by somebody who's actually from Seattle area, which is really, really good. I think that's a fantastic point, Mark. Is Campfire. You can... That was the last big launch, but it still isn't live for everybody. No. Sorry, Niantic. <laughs> I don't think it counts. <laughs> if it's not fully rolled out. Like ray trains, that, that, that was what we were doing. Ray trains, wasn't oh, the it? The ray trains, yeah, the ray trains sort of thing. But it could be really, really interesting. So, example, if you move city, where do we go and play? What's the best place to go and do whatever? People can upload these routes and say, like, this is a really good place to go and get items from. Best Pokestop density, go from here to here to here. This is the part with the best spawn. So this is Spotlight Hour route or something like that. It could genuinely be a very, very interesting tool to bring people together and also showcase how to play in your in 
a new area or your local yeah. area. You, you two could see the, was it the Gurphy Oak in Grant? The Great Oak, Gurphy Oak. <laughs> was it the Gurphy Oak? No, we called it the Gurphy Oak. The Gurphy Oak's a better name. It was quite yes. Gurphy, yeah. 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 The Gurphy Oak. Thick. <laughs> sorry, carry on, Well, sorry. we'll have to see what all of the creators who have disappeared off to the skunk works inside Niantic and what, get, what they get shown and when and if these features drop. But it's always nice to see new bits of code. And the root maker gives me hope because maybe there'll be a route to Mark's poll for everyone. Is that, is that, is that Mark's poll? Oh. I want that to play if someone finds a route to Mark's poll. I want that to play <laughs> it go first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, Over the yeah. PA system. <laughs> Oh, imagine God. Oh, we can make this we can make this happen it's our go fest we can do this we'll bring a speaker yes <laughs> yeah when, when mark and i were young we used to call them ghetto blasters ghetto blasters yeah <laughs> oh my god so let's get to the good stuff the second poll well the first this is the official poll for tonight the other one was a bit of a fun poll this one was more entertaining the boys have shared what animal and i put in brackets or anything that's alive <laughs> that scares them <laughs> It's just because people don't think snakes are animals. An amoeba. (laughs) (laughs) So the boys have shared what animal or anything that's alive scares them the most. Which of these do you agree with? And I'll put in brackets, please Google if unsure as these are crazy. (laughs) Um, I was desperate trying to get more votes for the Pac-Man frog here, as you can tell. The Keen Brown has put in the comments, if you saw the film Pixels, you best know to fear the yellow ghost eater. Noise. Man himself. Um, McFloofy has put dogs. Sorry, I'm terrified. Noise. Uh, reviews for the Tubber said, would you rather fight a hundred horses that are the size of a chicken or one chicken that's the size of a horse? Noise. Interesting point, actually. I like that. Um, Kerry Young has said bot flies and lava. Put it forward. <laughs> Horrid things, absolutely horrid. So Kerry Young agrees with you, Milo. Kitty Pokemon's nice. a lot. I voted bot fly, but horses. Horses are truly terrifying. Another one for horses. So, hey, Hermes Ninja's there. Where's the entry for Murder Hornet? Missed you guys tonight. I hope you had a great recording. Oh, yes. sure have, and you're going to enjoy this one when you listen back to it. Um, Shanna's put, if plants are technically alive, nice. one that I spent my childhood terrified of as a Queenslander was the Gimpy Gimpy. <laughs> Know your shrubs before visiting Australia, my dudes, but also oh. FC UK bot flies. <laughs> Hashtag danger noodles forever. And apparently the suicide plant, the story of growing the world's most dangerous shrub in a home garden. British man has grown the Gimby Gimpy, the world's most dangerous plant in his garden, native to Australia. The sting of the shrub feels like being burnt with hot acid and being electrocuted simultaneously. The pain is so excruciating, it can drive people to suicide. Anything with the name Gimp wow. in it's scary, isn't Gimp- it? <laughs> oh, sorry, the land down under. What happened? Seriously, <laughs> if it can kill you, it's there. All I will say is that bloke who grew that bush, no one's burgling his house. No. No. <laughs> And, and the final one, I thought this was quite a funny one to end it with. Chicken Chaser 89. New name, actually. Haven't seen you comment before on anything, oh, yeah, which is fresh. nice to have you on board. Is it a horse-sized chicken? No, it doesn't say. But, Ian, you'll like this. I want to clarify that my vote is for wild snakes, not zoo snakes. <laughs> Laughing face. <laughs> Maybe they listened to last week's Maybe. show. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. They obviously did. The votes are in. In third place with 22% of the vote. There were 65 people who voted tonight. 
Uh, nice. With nine retweets. In third place with 22% of the vote for Pac-Man Frog. I'll take, that. I'll take that. I'm educating. People probably didn't know what a Pac-Man Frog was until tonight. Perhaps. There you go. In second place with 35% of the vote. Initiate Smugface Waterfall because the bot fly came second with 35%. No. Which means with 43%. And less votes and combined the Patman Frog and Botfly, but nonetheless wins tonight's poll with forty three percent. It's the snake, Ian. It you is. played it safe, didn't and you? Bear in mind, snakes <laughs> don't just live on the land. I think one of the most venomous snakes in the world is actually a, a sea snake. Sea, the sea snake, yes. Yeah, the Dubois sea snake. Oh, Ian, I thought you were about the um, snakes on a plane. I thought that's where I, you were going. I'm with that talking about there. Snakes all snakes are totally on the land. The day that snakes fly, we should all be fearing. All snakes <laughs> scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Except Mark's poll. <laughs> Can we put that in? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, congratulations, Waterfall. You've made snakes win this week. Coops um, are going to hate that, isn't they? <laughs> it's going to really hate you for that. But, Marky boy, thank you very much. A double poll for tonight. Rather smashing. But we cannot do an episode without, of course, our favourite section. Snakes of the week. She's scared of snakes. Probably not being an Australian, actually. She That's is. unfortunate, given where she lives. <laughs> I don't know if she's or not. Mm. Zoe, let us know, are you? She's a Queenslander, isn't she? So, yeah, I reckon the gimpy, gimpy bush might be uh, in that neck of the woods, Ian. That's such a stupid <laughs> Just imagine a bush cart with, like, a black isn't hood it? on and a ball yeah. in its mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be New South Wales, by the way. Let's just correct that, not Queensland. Anyway, yeah, if we get the keen to do it as a concept idea, Milo, that'd be quite good. What the? Plant oh, my God, tang- Tangler. <laughs> Tangler is the gimpy, gimpy bush. Well, I'm going to jump in straight away because I want to mention a few of these because um, this is someone that I'm good friends with, Rustishi or Rustishi on Twitter. did sort of say to me, he says, I've put some shiners the week on, give me a shout out. Well, I'm going to backdate a couple of yours. Relatively new to Pokemon Go, recently in New York, and I think has hit level 23 or 24 now. But Rustishi got a shiny Whalmer, hatched yeah, nice. a shiny Bonsley, I was listening to the podcast. That's just shiny Bonsley. Very, very much so. And also a shiny Cloister, which I'm sure has been evolved. Um, nice. nice. A shiny baby Cloister. Help me out. What's it called, Ian? <laughs> Shelder. Shelder. Dustmon. Which is great. I love that orange shine. It's gorgeous. It's a very good shiny. You should know. You got one recently, I didn't did, you? I did, unfortunately. So. <laughs> should never have tapped on it, but it was boosted dust, so I want it. It happens. Like I've said many times, I would never tap on a mod and then moan about getting the shiny. You can only blame yourself. So when we go, oh, accidental tap, you still tapped it. I would say somebody who can't blame themselves, given it was the one-shot deal for the research, is Simon at... Sai wannabe. Not bad luck, eh? With a sort of, I guess it's a sympathetic, teary eye face on it. Hashtag Shiny's the week, hashtag Pokemon Go. And it is the shiny Elekid from the Instinctive Hero Research with... <laughs> they've managed to snap a shot of it where you can actually see the wristband on the Elekid. But congratulations on getting that very, very rare costume shiny. Nice. It does get better as it evolves because you can see the wristband better, can't you? Yeah, I think so. I've... It does. It's yet, worth so. evolving, that one is. And the last shiny of the week. It's actually two people have posted the same month, so I'm going to shout out Stewie16H, hashtag shiny of the week, hashtag tiny shiny, and I think it's pronounced Garatl. Finally, after 30-plus raids, hashtag shiny of the week, both got the shiny Genesect last week from raids, Ooh. and they were both posted on our campfire. So if you want to get on our campfire... Ooh. 
it will be in the description of the show. Of course, there are many, many more that we couldn't read out on the show, but please do keep sending them in. We love to see them pop up. We do try and like them, etc. And uh, the social medias are good. Twitter, Instagram, Campfire, WhatsApp. And the phone number for the WhatsApp. So remember, it's for voicemails on WhatsApp. You can send us a snapshot as well, but primarily for voicemails plus four four seven five nine two six nine five six nine six and again that will be in the description of every single show across every single platform smash in yeah please do send us some uh, whatsapp messages except we'd TikTok. love to hear them and get your voices <laughs> yes except tiktok uh, we, we, you know, um, we might revive <laughs> that we'll see what happens over the next few weeks and months <laughs> No promises. Wait, <laughs> wait with bated breath, listeners. Actually, we still have one to post that we never did. Oh, it's true. However many weeks old that is. It's about a year and a half old. <laughs> it's literally 18 months old, that clip. But of course, the final social you could utilise is our email, incensedpodcast at yahoo.com. Use the hashtag shinies of the week. Clarify the spelling was at the beginning of the show. I'm not wasting everyone's time. Clarify, Clarify the spelling, please. You can do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping up this week's show, 118 is in the can. We'd love it if you could drop us a five-star review. If you did enjoy the show, we'd appreciate it. And I know Coops would make a return if you could leave that on Spotify. That's maybe why he's off. He's sulking. Sulking at not getting five-star on Spotify, perhaps. Uh, something like that finally revealing his name last week on the show. Oh, yes. Slip of the tongue. Slip of the licky tongue. But (laughs) Licky licky? (laughs) Licky tongue. Indeed. And if you don't wish to miss any episode, you can, of course, hit the plus, follow, subscribe button, whatever it is, on your podcast platform of choice to make sure that when our episodes drop, usually on a Sunday... Always on a Sunday. Always on a Sunday. We never deviate these days, actually. Very correct. It's automatically downloaded to your device so you can listen straight away. Noise. Noise, indeed. And, of course, the podcast would not be possible without the wonderful collection of Patreon members who support the podcast and help us make it sound as good as it can be. So thank you, everybody, on the bronze and silver tiers. And a special thanks to everybody on the gold tier who get to enjoy the live recording chaos and slip of the tongues, slip of the licky tongues again. Uh, (laughs) Every week we do this. So the gold members are Hermes Ninja, JB, Clifford Mert, Darby Russ, Kerry and Zachary, Connolly, ML Fault 2022, Apex 171, Professor 58, K Technogal and Mufti. Big, big contributions. Thank you, everybody, on the Patreon. Genuinely, it really does help the production of the podcast and keeps us sounding crisp for your ears to enjoy, whether it's through earbuds, car radio, or whatever. But, boys, bad news. What? what? Spotlight Hour reminder, next week, Bell Sprout with two times transfer candy. Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's before Fennec and Con Day as well. It is. So, on that terrible disappointment, we'll hopefully catch you next week when we will finally be reunited. As a foursome. As a foursome, as a quartet, because Ginger Chewbacca will be back. Ginger Chewbacca!